Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to an episode of the Kings of Queen City. This was a pretty interesting week for Bengals news and just kind of different to not have a game or anything going around in Cincinnati, really. The news is hot, though. The news is very hot. Off-season is off to a great start. Before we get there, we're going to do our uh, Today in Cincinnati Sports History. And the first one is coming from January 13th of 1991, because we're recording on January 13th. And it was uh, it was actually kind of the follow-up to your last uh, today in Cincinnati sports where the Bengals were very injured. And it was their next game. They played the Raiders in the AFC semifinals. They almost won, but they lost, so it's not anything crazy. They lost like 20-10 to 10 to the Raiders. But the interesting one to me was on January 14th was when the Bengals hired Marvin Lewis in 2003. And I thought that was a little more, uh, it's not relevant, but important, because I'd say that's probably the biggest coaching change the Bengals have ever had in history. So, Yeah, and more notably, probably the only successful coaching hire that Mike Brown's had. That's also true. Very sad. Very sad. But also, they've had like two in the past like 25 years. Yeah, but none of, Marvin Lewis was, he's, you would consider it a success. You have success. to say it's successful, I mean, he yeah. is. Because he turned it around, but pretty sad that after he's hired like five coaches, I think. Yeah, one has really panned out. But hey, we're going to be positive. We're So today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a postseason preview. Kind of looking at free agency, looking at the draft a little bit, and talking about what our kind of dream scenarios are, each of us, me and Jake's. But first we kind of want to talk about some news that happened this week. So Jake, do you want to start us off with some of the news? Yeah, Bengals are bringing back Frank Pollock. Which I think I, everybody's excited. I, I think is a big move. I know a lot of people were kind of hesitant because if you remember that 18 team, I mean, they didn't do a ton of flashy things. Um, no. It was ultimately the season that got Marvin Lewis fired. Yeah. And so, and Frank Pollock was there for a year and that offensive line. Now that was a bad offensive line. Yeah. And, and they still, they ended up lead. I mean, Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing yards with that bad of an offensive line. Maybe my seasons are blending together, but was that the year Clint Bowling had to play a couple games at left tackle? I actually, I think so. If I'm if I'm right, because yeah. then he retired the next season. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that does make sense. Uh, yeah, that works. But yeah, that was not great. But, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure he played well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was decent. The O line was. I remember they were they were good in run. Yeah, they were, pass game. The pass game was bad, but that's the personnel you're running out. I, I mean, arguably the best players on that line were Bowling and like Redmond. Yeah, honestly. And then Bowling retires the year after and then kind of leaves the hole that we've yet to fill. But that's something we're going to get into later about maybe filling that hole this yeah. year. Yeah. But the next thing that we have in news is a bit of a sad one, but Jesse Bates was second-team All-Pro. Everybody's pretty upset about that in Cincinnati sports realm. I mean, there's not much more I think or anybody thinks he could have done to be first-team All-Pro, but it's pretty much just Cincinnati bias at its best. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was the best safety in the league. Yeah, I won't. I won't take any slander with that, like, there's, there's no, you can't tell me that he wasn't. But in the same thing, I mean, when you're four and twelve or four eleven and one, I mean, you're not gonna win it over. Yeah, that's for sure. Players that are maybe not as good, but their teams perform better. Yeah, to me, I don't know. The Minka one was the a little bit more confusing to me because pretty much in every stat, Jesse Bates is better rated than Minka and has more breakups. I think he has more picks. I, I, and he has, I think he has a significant amount of tackles considered to anybody else. Yeah, but I think a lot of that also comes down to the exposure. Yeah, that is true. I mean, Pittsburgh played way more games on primetime. Prime time. 
Um, they were a top ten unit. They were eleven and zero. Yeah, even though they were horrible, fell from grace at, at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. They definitely get more media attention. So yeah, obviously he's probably gonna get that. But I think voters. I think this next year is gonna be a good one for Jesse Bates. I think right now started the fire for people knowing who he is, and I think next year is gonna be a big year for him. I'm excited. Just give him give him whatever he wants, please. Yeah. Blank check. Just give blank him check. And uh, Jake's going to end it off on the, the happiest news I think we've all heard all week. First, first, I will after that, but I want to go back to Frank Pollock real quick. Okay. Because I think we're skipping over some things that are important. One, this is going to be an entirely different scheme than we've seen uh, than with the Zach Taylor yeah. uh, era. We're going to see probably fullbacks again. I'm kind of excited for that. It's kind of fun. That's in PFT. <laughs> from pardon my it's a football, football low man award yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's bring back in i mean it, do you remember sam hubbard used was playing fullback yeah and like goal line stuff i mean i used to love when uh domata would come in and play like fullback every now and it was weird that seemed when like our goal line was most successful too if if i was the Bengals, i would sign andrew billings back not to play <laughs> defensive tackle but be like dude just run through this hole and just destroy just kill someone you just that would be just awesome. Kill him. Yeah, no, that would yeah. be really fun. But that would or, be interesting to see a fullback come back into the mix. Or did you did you watch any of the national championship? Uh barely any. So Alabama has this guard. Uh, I saw that, the Twitter that post. Man about is that. a unit. If <laughs> you should draft him immediately <laughs> to be Yeah. He'd be fun at fullback. I mean, I don't even I don't know his name, but I, I don't either, but I want him. <laughs> but yeah. I think another interesting part about the Pollock hire is that who like everybody's been talking about who's calling the shots yeah it's very interesting because that doesn't seem like it's a zach hire dude zach taylor he only hires his friends like every single person has a friend like other than pollock pollock does not but every single person that he talks to has some sort of connection to either him or his friends well to me for especially for zach i mean it makes sense because he's such a young hire and he was such a it's not like he was doing anything insane in the league. Like he was an offensive coordinator at UC, which was probably his, his, I think it's his highest ranking position to date before being the head coach. So I think one they tried to they tried to do what most people do and pick the guy early and get the young guy. But I just don't think he knows a lot of people in the league yet, or people that would be willing to come to him without any knowledge of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah I guess I mean he was the offensive coordinator of the Dolphins for a year. Well, yeah, well, wasn't that on an interim basis, interim. though? Yeah. yeah. But but to me, it's like they went and tried to get Jack Del Rio, but I'm pretty sure he was like, I'm not doing it. So, like, he said, I would prefer to not babysit. Well, well to me, it's just going to be hard for him to get anybody with experience because he's not very experienced. And until you win, people aren't going to be like, oh, I want to join that guy. So, yeah, he's in a rock and a hard place with that. And I, everybody's been saying that the Troy Walters hire for just moving him up to wide receiver coach oh yeah is kind of a sneaky good move hey i'm all about sneaky good moves because he's he's young and he's had a ton he's had some pretty good experience i mean he played in the nfl he was ucf's offensive coordinator when they won their national championship (laughs) air quotes yeah no 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 no. that's a national championship (laughs) and then he went on to be nebraska's and i guess they said that his offenses improved over the years but he still got fired from nebraska hmm and then just became the assistant wide receiver coach, which I that is a large fall. Yeah, for being an, uh, he was an offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator at a pretty big Big Ten school. I mean, Nebraska hasn't been great, but I mean that's crazy to have that fall to be an assistant wide receiver coach. But interesting. Yeah, that's a very humbling move. 
But uh, Jake, you lead us into the last bit of news before we get into our preview. Joe Burrow is the fastest healing man I think on the planet. <laughs> he he's coming back. Yeah, I, yeah. There is zero doubt in my mind. I'm gonna hot take it right now. Ooh. I think he plays in preseason. He says he doesn't think so. I think okay. he's playing. It would be I'd stupid. Be, I'd be electric, but it would be stupid. Yeah, probably pretty stupid. Cause to, it's it's so funny how like the world has changed about rehabilitation stuff. Because back in the day when you rehab something, you wanted to get those reps early. But nowadays, everybody's like, I don't want you to risk getting hurt when it doesn't matter. So we're we're just not even gonna worry about it. And he didn't have preseason last year. Yeah, that's true. Well, that was more for people just like experience stuff. But this, to me, a preseason now would be more just like checking out the knee, make sure you're okay, stuff like that. He's insane. Like I roll my ankle and I just sit there <laughs> and I'm like, I'm out. Nine months. This is me. I'm uh, done. From a hangover, I don't get up for a day. This he they're saying his knee looks ten to twelve weeks out when he only had surgery six weeks ago. If if I had that injury, I'd milk it so bad. I'd be like, I might die. <laughs> right? I might die. It, well, it's insane because I'm pretty sure, I think they said Adrian Peterson's recovery. I think they said he was doing contract contact stuff like six months out. Yeah, it's insane. What, Burrow said he's going to start running in like a month? Yeah, I think he's, they said he's doing he's doing the low impact here soon. Of, the, of like the, the one that has Carson Palmer on like the cover of Sports Illustrated, oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So, so, prediction time. Do they even do Sports Illustrated even anymore? Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think so, but it's not. I it's more of a website than a. Is cover. he gonna be on the cover? I hope that'd be that'd be sick if they did like a shot for shot. Remake. I would buy one. I would, I would too. Buy I, it. Gotta get it signed. Uh, yeah, Sports Illustrated. When's the last time you've seen a Sports Illustrated cover? I don't know. It's been it a while. Matter. It does not matter at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Joe looks looks like he's ahead of schedule and he's says he he's gonna be ready week one. So. I don't think we could be any more excited right now. That first video of him throwing a football. <laughs> that's a, that's story worthy. That. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I, I I'm not going to say what I was thinking, but just Jake was going to be very excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But now let's kind of jump into our postseason preview. So what I wanted to do is we kind of broke it up into three different parts. We had, we're just going to talk a little bit about the upcoming free agents for the Bengals who they have uh, that we think they might try to re-sign or do something with, or just notable moves that we think they're going to make. And then we have what free agents uh, we would like to see the Bengals target. So this is kind of our dream case scenario. This is me and Jake. What we would do if we were ownership and just didn't care about really money or anything, and we're just like, we're just going to field the best team possible. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. Yeah, and we'll try to, in our dream scenarios, we will definitely try to stay under the cap. And I, to be completely fair with all of you, I don't know how the cap works, so... I mean, it's just a lot of how you structure the deals. Well, I and do know. Nobody really knows. I know what the cap is, but sometimes the money is just. Well, it know. doesn't make sense because I don't know how a team can be like the Saints be allowed to be ninety nine million in the hole starting next year, and it hasn't started. So that doesn't make sense to me. But whatever. That's okay. My brain doesn't work like that. <laughs> but yeah. So first off, I kind of wanted to talk about the guys that we really don't think are going to be coming back. It's kind of known just around Bengals media and just kind of what people think will not be coming back. So a lot of people don't think AJ, Sean Williams, or John Ross will be coming back. The only one that I would see even maybe remotely would be AJ, but it would be at a significant salary cut. And I don't think he's going to, I think he wants to try to make some money still. I think he will too. I think someone will give him. Yeah. I think someone's going to pay him like a one year, 10 mil. I'm yeah, serious. I, I think, could see it. I think someone will see it as like, we could use this. Yeah. And it just being, Oh, the Bengals are bad, which I mean, it makes sense. Like, just throughout the whole year, it wasn't it wasn't a great year to get AJ back into the mix 
and then have everything else happen at the same time. He's about to sign with the Patriots. They don't have a quarterback, though. It still doesn't matter. They're going to. They're going to do something stupid. And get Apparently, them. I heard they're into Mac Jones. So, a little Mac Jones, A.J. Green action. SEC love. What if they trade for Carson Wentz? That'd be cool. I'd, I'd be okay. I'm okay. I just want A.J. to be successful wherever he goes. Yeah. Yeah. I would prefer maybe... NFC? NFC. NFC would be great. Wait, who did we play? We played the East. So, maybe if he signs with, like, the Giants. Or the Eagles. Eagles need a receiver. Yeah. 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 Somewhere, I think they should stick away from older receivers. but Somewhere we'll never have to see him again. <laughs> exactly. Or play him again. I want to still see him. But. Yeah. Uh, Sean Williams, I just don't think they're really invested at bringing back another safety at a big money contract. So yeah. I just don't think he's going to get the amount of money I think he wants to get if he stays. So. And I think the crazy thing with Sean Williams is it doesn't feel like he's been with the Bengals that long. They drafted him in 13. It's been, yeah, he's been here for a while. But, um, and then the last one we have is John Ross. A lot of people don't think John Ross will be back. He said he wanted to be traded at the deadline. Obviously didn't happen. So we think he'll be testing his talents elsewhere. Yeah. There's not much to say about that. Yeah. It'll just, I'm interested to see what happens and if maybe a change of scenery does him well. I hope it does. I mean, coming out, he looked like the guy that the Bengals really wanted. He wanted that speed guy, and it just never never panned out. He, I just never, yeah, he was really never given a fair shot. Yeah. But Since day one, I think he's always had to battle against kind of the organization's card that they gave him. So Yeah, and another thing that we got to think about, and we'll kind of add this in right now, cap cuts. Because there's going to be some cap casualties. Yeah, we think so. I think we think some guys will probably get cut. I think... We'll probably do a different episode where we do a little bit deeper of a dive of what roster moves we'd make almost immediately before free agency, too. Yeah. But, yeah, going on to the next thing, we have uh, William Jackson III. I'll, I'll do these two at the same time. So we have William Jackson III and Carl Lawson, probably the two most productive guys on defense not named Jesse Bates. And a lot of people think it's going to be a long-term deal for one and a uh, franchise tag for the other, and I'm okay either way you flip it, honestly. Yeah, Whatever one you give the money to, really, I don't think it really matters. I'm the same way. As long as both of them are on your roster next year, I'm cool with it. Yeah, and then regardless, probably in the draft you have to address, you address the position. Yeah, exactly. Whatever one did not get the long-term deal. Yeah, exactly. You, you address it and then just kind of maybe see how they play next year and just see what you can do with the money. But it's going to be a lot of money on the defense if both are on the roster in 2022. And I guess something I didn't think about either is how much the franchise tag is for each position because I think the defensive end one is a lot more expensive. Than I, th- I want to say it's like 18 to 22. It's probably in that ballpark. And I think I heard somebody say the cornerback's like 15 to 17, if I'm right. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. I know, th- I know the cornerback is significantly cheaper than the ed- edge, though. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, from a – I don't know. I don't know who I would tag. I, I mean, really, at yeah. the end of the day, if you're if you're thinking about the real future, I would probably say you'd want to extend Will Jackson and you'd want to tag Carl Carl because you only have that Carl deal on the books for next year, and then you have Will Jacks long term, and then hopefully, like I have in my thing, we maybe address Edge this off season, maybe get a big deal on that too. Not a big deal, but a deal there. Yeah, or you just hope that maybe you get something done with Carl Lawson. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, but both of those guys are we think are going to be returning this next year whether it be they want to or they get tagged <laughs> so yeah and another thing that i wanted to say about since we were on the topic with corners yeah the Bengals had i'm going to try to put this stat in like dumb terms so it's yeah. easy to understand so basically there was a ranking of all the teams 
and their like defensive production from the secondary from like teams that had the worst pressure. Okay. So the Bengals were in that top. So they got the best play out of their secondary with the, the worst, worst rush. pressure. That's awesome. And then there was like the flip side that had like the best rush with the worst secondary. Yeah. And so that's one of those stats for me personally that I think, you know, I'll give Lou and Livingston some credit like they did a good job. Yeah. But also, if you get another pass rusher, that defense might be closer than you think. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing we've talked about too is we we don't want obviously nowadays NFL is very offensive minded, so we kind of think you kind of want to kick on defense at this point. You just want to get turnovers, is my thing. I just want you want to be able to get the ball and you don't want to be as liable as you are right now where you're letting up thirty every game. Yeah, but I think that that what I was trying to go with on that is that you that's, kinda, a, that's you, a great you style. can't you can't not bring Will Jacks and Carl back because I think you know, at times we're sitting there thinking like this defense is just bad. Yeah. Which at times it was, but it was because you weren't getting pressure. Yeah. And so maybe you add one other piece and then you keep Will and uh, Carl. Carl and then you're good. And which kind of leads us into the next person, Mackenzie Alexander. I'm if all you about want, bringing him back. If you want to keep this defense playing well and then you get Trey Wayne's back. That cornerback room looks amazing next year. If you if you lock up Will Jacks and you get McKenzie for maybe a year or two more if you can get him at the right money, that cornerback room is awesome. Yeah. You have Darius, Mackenzie Alexander, Will Jacks, and Trey Waynes. That's awesome. That's yeah. a great cornerback room. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, have Darius Phillips be your third outside guy? That's that. Not many teams could say your third outside corners probably starting on other teams. Yeah, yeah. If he just stays healthy. Yeah, honestly, that's yeah. the only thing. And then. Last but not least, the hometown hero. You can't let him leave. We can't. Kevin, Kevin Huber. Huber. Wow, that was, that was nice. We, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> a little sicker, but we got to keep Kevin Huber around. We love him. I mean, he's he's one of the better punters I think in the league. I mean, I also don't think we give him a lot of help because I think we've made him use his leg a lot in the last two years. But I think with the offense that we're going to be seeing next year, I'm excited, and I think you should bring back Kevin. I mean, it's not like the kicker position where it's a liability at times. So I definitely think we should bring back Kevin Huber. Punting is, I think it's an underrated part of the game. A hundred percent. If you're, if you're, I, I, you know how I am. If you pass the 50, you should never punt. Never. Yeah. No I matter what agree. it is. Yeah. If it's fourth and eight, don't punt. Don't be like, if I, it's I agree. fourth and eight on your 45, just go for it. Yeah. Like, because half the time you see that happens and it's a touchback and yeah. you get a 20 yard kick. Game. Like who cares? Yeah, exactly. Cares? I, I, I'm the same way. But yeah, I mean, he's been good. Yeah, he has. I mean, it's kind of the it's part of the game where you're not getting a lot of help, so you just kind of you just have to see what happens, really. But I, I want to bring Kevin Huber back. I mean, Cincinnati guy, you just you gotta love it. Yeah. yeah. And then so that's gonna be it for our Bengals free agents. Those are the the main ones. There's obviously some other, but we just kind of want to talk about the big ticket guys that are either leaving or that we think probably should be locked down for this next year. But right now we have what free agents we want to see the Bengals get, and so this is where it gets pretty exciting. So. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to kind of get the obvious stuff out of the way. So, obviously, everybody wants offensive line to be addressed. So, I'm going to start there with my offensive line. So, I these are the kind of the three guys that I put that are kind of my must-gets or, like, you at least to need offer them. And so, number one, obviously, of Joe Thune, everybody's said that he should come to the Bengals or that we should offer him or whatever it is. A guard from New England, 28 years old. He's from Ohio. I mean, it's just... Kind of what we talked about earlier, ever since Clint Bowling and Kevin Zeitler have left, that guard position has been awful for us. And just to be able to have somebody at 28 who's 
pretty young. I mean, you're going to get four more years out of him that are at a productive high level. And just to be able to solidify that position and not have to worry about it would be amazing. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive. But you definitely... You have to. You have to pay. You have to pay the money for it. You drafted the quarterback. You better protect him. And Frank Pollock, he, uh, in his uh, interview, said that there were a few things he'd like to add. I love the sound of that. And I don't think the few things he wants to add are necessarily referring to plays. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's referring to getting players like Alex Redman and Xavier Suofilo and those guys out of here. I mean, for me, it's less of Sufilo because I think they just got him. But, I mean, if Sufilo's your depth guy, that's awesome. But, I mean, same with both Redmond and him. Depth guys, they're awesome. But to have your starting guards to be them is not, not ideal. Yeah. Uh, the next guy I have is Brandon Sheriff, guard from the Washington football team. Again, I almost, whenever people put WFT, I always think it's WTF. But just another funny thing. He's 29 years old. Pretty much the same thing as Thuni. They're both high-end guards that have solidified that spot for years to come, and they're both playing at an insanely high level. I think combined they had five total sacks in the last year, which is insane considering if we're talking about our most sack position, I'd probably say it was our guard without looking at the numbers. Yeah, and you you have I, – I don't necessarily – yeah, no. I was about to say I don't think you have to get one of those two. I think you have to. Yeah, because when I looked at the guard class, it was pretty – it's pretty shallow. I mean, it's these guys. There's probably some other if I looked a little bit deeper into the numbers and stuff, but as for Bengals fans, I don't watch the O-line of other teams super in-depth. But those two are the, the cream of the crop pretty much. And you look at all the teams in the AFC North, they all have very, very good defensive lines. Very good. And, I mean, even I mean, the Steelers still do. Um, mm-hmm. The Browns have a very yeah. sneaky. Sneaky good, yeah. I mean, Miles Garrett is. Miles Garrett's the is, issue in and of is itself. Is very good. Yeah. And plus, I mean, I don't, their inside guys aren't bad either. I mean, Joby. They've been playing very well. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, the Ravens, they always, they always have a good yeah. defensive line. It, it's always unbelievable. Do. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to compete, you have to put some money into that offensive line spot. Yeah. And then the last one I have is Taylor Moten. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about him too, just in the same air as the Bengals. Uh, he's 27 years old, right tackle from the Panthers. I mean, oh, if you look around the league, right tackle is a spot that's really struggling, I think everywhere. And he's a guy who's been very good and he's just solid. I mean, right tackle has been a position for the Bengals that you've pretty much been bad at since you lost Willie Anderson. And so to be able to solidify with a younger guy, Who's probably? I think he's one of the younger high-end free agents of the offensive line. So that's a guy I would love to see in stripes next year. Yeah, and a thing that I saw earlier was that the, all those guys are probably going to get record numbers for the position. Probably. So whoever signs first will probably set the record, and then after that will probably beat them. Yeah. Or at least be really close. So the Bengals are going to have to pay some big-time money if they want any of those guys. I mean, I think they're ready for it. They did it last year, so I think... I think they're going to do it again, and I, I hope they do. For sure. And then, so now, I, I know we had talked about a few guys. Um, I personally think that a fun guy to maybe buy low on would be Solomon Thomas. God, we're, we are so similar, it's not even funny. He's on my, I have like a defensive and then offensive. He's the first guy on my defense. So, in he's been disappointing. I would say he's disappointing in San Francisco. I yeah. Mean, he got banged up this last year, too. I think he tore his ACL, like, in the middle-ish of the season or something. There, There's a lot of guys that are kind of by-low candidates. There's some good yeah. uh, There's some good um, vets in there. There are. Um, 
I mean, we're not going to get Leonard Williams. That would be fun. That would be, but I think he's going to get paid by yeah, the, the Giants, right? And then Yannick Ngakwe is probably going back to Baltimore. Yannick Ngakwe would have been someone who was cool. On defense side of the ball, I said Hassan Reddick would be somebody really cool to throw some money at because, I mean, it, there was this whole talk about Shaq Barrett was about to sign with the Bengals. He wanted a two-year deal. We only want to give a one-year deal. He ended up going to the Bucks and then leading the league in sacks that year. So I would like to see us not whiff on something like that and be able to solidify the pressure so like Carl's not the only person on the field doing it. That is so Bengals. Yeah, that, that was rough. Oh, it it's just... But uh, besides Solomon Thomas and Hassan Reddick were the only guys I really had on defense, I need to look a little bit deeper. I saw there were a lot of linebackers up, but for me, linebacker to me is not a super high-pressing money issue for me. Another guy that we forgot about, Marcus Hunt. Oh, he's it, well, he was one of the guys that I would say is a, I think a bring depth bring-back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he played decent. I think least. you – I mean, we'll, we'll get into that right because uh, the last thing I have, you pretty much covered my defense right there. But the last thing I have is wide receiver because I think a lot of people have the mindset that the Bengals are either at five or either going O-line or wide receiver or trade back pretty much. And by O-line, I mean they're going Penny Sewell. So to me, maybe if you do take Penny and you don't draft somebody, some wide receivers that I thought would be kind of cool to look at, I mean, probably – the number one would be Allen Robinson. I think that'd be really, really cool to see him play with the Bengals. I mean, he's had he's 28 years old, a lot younger than I thought he was. But, I mean, he's been insanely productive for Chicago the past few years, and he's had pretty bad quarterback play with him throughout the year, bo- throughout both years. And to see him with Joe Burrow would be something insane. Yeah, it would be it would be really cool, but I think the guy that would really take the offense to the next level is Will Fuller. I have him on my list as well. He would be someone I mean, very, very, very fun. And another another kind of low key guy, Marvin Jones. <laughs> I saw that too. I would. I'm hey. I'm all about bringing Marvin Jones back. It, it, he should have been the guy we re-signed when he was a free agent. He should have. He should have stayed. We should have been able to re-sign him, but we didn't. And, um, then, and then one last name that at the wide receiver position that I've seen a lot that a lot of people in Cincinnati circles like is Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, yes, from the Panthers. He would be someone really interesting. I think he brings more of a – what's the word I'm trying to say? Dynamic. Like a, yeah, he brings like a Swiss Army knife kind of a thing with what he can do with the offense. And I think one of those things that you've seen and that you, uh, you, you see the mo- like jet sweep motion sweeps yeah. that Zach Taylor likes to do a lot. Imagine giving that to Curtis Samuel instead, instead of Alex, Alex Erickson. Erickson. Yeah, I completely agree. It'd be it'd be really fun to see. He'd add a completely different dynamic from the wide receiver position. So yeah, and so I know that. Let's just kind of transition this into the next part. I think that going off of the free agency and into the draft, um, it kind of depends on how who yeah. you sign in free agency determines who you would probably take with that fifth pick. 100%. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. But just going off of what the Bengals usually do. I would say that's how it's going to be. Uh, I, I would agree. I To me, I'm we're a little bit different here. Uh, we've talked about it a few times off off the podcast, but I think no matter how you address free agency, whether, whether you get Moten and one of the guards, like just depends on who you get or what. I think if Penne is there, you take him. I mean, he's just insanely good. I mean, he's, set, he's like the highest rated PFF guy since I started tracking tackles. And he's just, he seems to have everything. He's good in the run game. He's good in the pass. He's got dog in him that I don't think we've had in a Bengals offensive lineman since Whit left. 
But I just I, I love him. I think he's a great prospect. He's going to solidify whatever tackle position you put him at for years. So to me, I think if he's there at five, I think that's the pick. Yeah, I just I worry about this offense not being dynamic enough. You don't have I, I understand any, that you have almost no speed. Yeah, and so if you don't have a guy that can't get down the field, it does not matter who or what's blocking. And to me, the what well, kind of going off of that, a lot of people do think that uh, he's not going to be there at five. A lot of people think it, whether it be the Dolphins taking him at three, or maybe the Jets deciding Darnold's their guy and wanting to. Solid, I mean, talk about a terrifying tackle room. They'd have Becton and Sewall in the same room. That's insane. I, uh, as I've been telling you, I, I'm addicted to mock drafts. <laughs> I, is. I have done about a billion mock drafts lately, and every single time I do them. Now, I've had a bunch of worst-case scenarios where Jamar Chase and Penney are gone before. That's tough. That pick, like, I've had one where the Jets take Jamar Chase, and then the next pick is Penney, and then Ouch. I think you're just sitting there like, oh, God. If that happens in real life, I mean, I'm I'll picking be up the, I'm picking up the phone because someone's going to – someone's calling. Because you'll have Wilson or Fields at five at that point. I think the Patriots or someone like that. You could rob someone. I don't – this this might – Zach Wilson kind of looks like a uh, – Patriots quarterback I mean yeah I mean it I I'm very I'm very interested regardless I think a trade back is interesting no matter if Penne or Jamar are there if you can get enough if one of those quarterbacks fall I'm I'm totally okay with running back but my my vein is if Penne is there you take him if he's not and Jamar chases you take Jamar chase and if neither of them are there I say you probably trade back yeah in I'm not I don't buy into a bunch of uh like combine stuff yeah. But I really do want to see what Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith run. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I mean both I mean both Devontae just got banged up a little bit in the in the final, but I don't think that'll mean anything. I think but, he just broke a finger. Oh, something. okay. Well that's not that bad. But Waddle was taped up, but Waddle was a little weird that they were letting him play on that ankle. He broke his ankle three months ago and they're just like, Here you go. They were just like, Let's play. Which was really weird to me. But yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how a lot of these guys test. I mean, if Penne does like do all the testing and stuff. He's going to test like a freak. He'll set records. And I said this yesterday. I have seen on Twitter that people think that Jalen Waddle is uh, the next Tyreek Hill. You saying that enough made me be like, take him at five then. I was just watching those stats or the stats, the The highlights highlights, I saw you last night of him like returning returning punts. (laughs) Yeah. We we won't put him at punt returners. That won't matter. But I'm just saying (laughs) Alex Erickson, Jalen Waddle. But if if you if Jalen Waddle's your receiver, you don't want him returning punts. So maybe don't even stop. I know. But to me, I I would love to see either Jamar Chase or Penny. I'm I'm fine with either, and both of those. I you can't go wrong. And in, in the mock drafts that I have done, uh, a lot of the times, I think who's picking eleventh. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know off the top I, of my head. There's there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of teams. That have been giving trades from like that range. Okay. That... I know who is, they're doing the same thing with 12 a lot. I've seen a lot of trades. The draft order is 11 is the Giants, 12 is the Niners. Okay. It, it was the Niners then. It was the 12th pick. If the Niners give you the 12th, another first, and like a second, that might be enough because in a lot of the times that I've done it, Jalen Waddle or Smith are there. Yeah. Or Kyle Pitts. At 12, can, yeah. At 12, you're on the range to take pits and be okay with that. You're at Kyle Pitts' range, or you maybe one of the other tackles you like is there. Yeah. And then you've yeah. added another pick 
and the second to where you could get another receiver. I think another low-key receiver in the draft is Rondell Moore. Where is he? He's Purdue. He, I think okay. he, he either opted out and played a little bit this season and got hurt, or like I, I don't know. I don't know okay. what it did. But he's another he's another kind of just do it all guy. We'll definitely do a, a deep dive into draft. I think I think that might be a segment we do week by week is where we look at a different position and kind of pick a guy to kind of maybe watch some film on, talk about it on the podcast, see how we think he would fit in Cincinnati, and kind of see if we would take him at a certain spot. But in my last thing on free agency. Tavon Austin's a free agent. <laughs> so the thing, I, <laughs> Jake and I were talking about this the other night. Jake was saying Tavon Austin. Uh, my guy that is a free agent is Laquan Treadwell. And I honestly, I don't remember the draft he was. But he was taken in the 2016 draft. And that was the year we got mocked a bunch of receivers and stuff. But he wasn't there when we picked. Because he, he was taken 23rd. I forget what we picked in that draft. But he's the guy I can never give up on. Yeah, in that draft, Josh Doxson, which, who, what is he doing these days? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, that receiver class was awful. Yeah, who cares? Will Fuller, hey. He was the only one, literally the and only Willful, one. And Will it took a long time for Will It Fuller took to him a while. Like two years. And now he's doing PEDs. But I think Laquan Treadwell. Dude, I'm telling you, somewhere there is a receiver that they mocked in the first round just boiling inside of him, and I think Joe Burrow can get it out of him. I think so, too. I think he's unbelievably slow. <laughs> um, they said his work ethic sucks. But that hey, it's gonna change. He's gonna get really fast. I'm, I'm if he if we get him, I'm getting a jersey for sure. And same thing with Tavon Austin. There was there was somebody. I think it was Joe Goodberry on Twitter. I forget who he said was the guy that he couldn't give up on. It was a say. It was I think it was Darren. Was it Darren Smith? Didn't we have him? Yeah. He said he was the guy he can't like believe didn't work out. Yeah, and <laughs> I I still wait for that. Even though Tavon Austin's thirty. <laughs> The breakout season's coming. He's going to have a Devonta Adams level season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I think his career stats, he's had like 3,000 yards. Or Has something. he had like, how many touchdowns do you think he's had? I think it's a 28. That's a lot. Wow. Kind of I impressed mean, by that. Yeah, 28. Yeah. He, he's averaging 6.8 yards a rush. A rush? That's really good. Oh, I mean. That puts you in Barry Sanders level territory. But there was nothing more. <laughs> yeah, for real. There was nothing more fun than watching Tavon Austin at West Virginia highlights. I'm pretty sure his high school highlights were insane too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, was about to, I was I don't know what I was thinking. Whenever I don't know, it made me think about this. I'm just gonna say it. Remember that like eighth grade white kid that just <laughs> was like running all over people? No, you don't, don't remember that no. video? I, I like, thought you were gonna uh, talk about like Zion when he was dunking no, on like high schoolers. This like, this like white eighth grader. It was like it was playing like the Fat Joe like make it rain in the background. <laughs> I remember watching this like a million times, like being like a fifth grader. Like, this kid electric. is gonna be unbelievable. I think he's like selling cars or something now. But oh, good for him. He's got one of the best YouTube videos <laughs> on the planet. Well, I think that's gonna do it for our our first off season preview. So let us know what you guys think. Let us know who you want to see the Bengals sign, who you guys want to see us go after in free agency, and who you kind of want us to take in the draft. Yeah, and then. Going into the other team, are they ever going to do anything? I that I literally named the segment. Can the Cincinnati Reds please sign someone or anyone? Please God. Yeah, They're, we've done nothing. No, it is honestly nothing. It, to me, that literally, I had to ask you, Jake, because I'm not a a diehard baseball fan. I'm getting into the Reds, just like a, not just like a lot of people, but the recent years, I'm starting to uh to get into. Reds baseball and we have done nothing this season. I just looked up Reds rumors. 
And there's so literally I. nothing. Wait, latest Reds rumors a day ago. Suarez is still on the market. Other Reds being discussed. Yeah, and the Nats, the Nats won't give up their best prospects, which I mean, shocker. Yeah, I was about to say, are we gonna get like really cheap in one year? And they want to get rid of Moustakis or Castellanos. I will die. If we give up Moose, I'd be furious. This team, man. How can you have that good of a season and realize that all you didn't do was hit the ball and then not think about, hey, maybe we should just work on hitting the ball this time and run it back? But no, they're like, we spent money, it didn't work, we're done. This is literally ice cold. I'm literally seeing nothing. Corey Kluber should be on the Cincinnati Reds radar for 2021. Well, that's a year away, so. Wait, no, that's this year, isn't it? What? Is Kluber a Yeah, he's a free agent. They said he was throwing 88 to 90 in his bullpen today, and scouts were impressed. Were impressed? That's not It's not very good. That's what I thought. What? Did he, like, have a surgery or something? Oh, uh, yeah. I think like he Tommy Johns? F- no. Tommy Johns. <laughs> I was about to say, he's throwing 88. No, it was just Tommy Johns. Tommy's Johns? That's <laughs> <laughs> just so stupid. Uh, uh, but. Yeah, this is cold. This is freezing cold. Who would have thought that the Bengals would be the ones giving us more things to talk about than the Reds? This is true, but in the same way, they're not... I guess they are kind of pissing me off, but they're not. Well, because they're not doing... Well, see, they're making me mad because they're not doing anything. True, but I guess they're not... They're not really doing anything... My boy Nick Senzel got engaged. That's big time. That's That's probably the biggest news of the month. For the Reds, 100%. My boy. Congrats. I'll make sure to add you in the tweet. Yeah. Congrats, Nick. Good. I'm proud of you. Hopefully, we get an invite to the wedding once we have you on the podcast. Yeah, because yeah, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's legitimately. I, I looked up Reds, and pretty much the only thing that popped up was Suarez still on the market, and then Nick Senzel got engaged. That is pathetic, especially S- during free agency. Supposedly, the Reds are still in the market for shortstops. There has been no one. There's been no one signed. There is nothing this going is so on. Weird. It is so boring. Spring training starts in a month. Are, are guys normally signed before f- spring training? Yeah, I mean, usually. But it's just like, do owners know, GMs know that, hey. Season's kind of starting. <laughs> like, I, I saw Manfred told all the teams yesterday, like, hey, we're starting this on time. We're going to start <laughs> spring training on time. Yeah. Regular season's going to start on time. I wonder so if what that... are these guys going to do if they're not signed? Like, Well, it is, you just don't. Is I mean, it... Bryce Harper and Manny Machado two years ago went halfway through spring training. Really? No okay. But, because I didn't know if it was like the NBA where you can kind of get signed like really close to the line or oh, I mean, yeah. you could, I guess you could try to be like Jadavion Clowney in the NFL and like not sign until training camp's almost over, but yeah, that Dal- didn't work out very well for him. Dallas Keuchel did it a few years ago with the huh. Braves. He signed in like July. Isn't he good? He is now. Hmm. Interesting. But it must be nice to have teams that make moves. Couldn't be us. Uh, hey, we made moves last year, uh, yeah. and the Bengals were going to do it again. Castellini said, you know what? One year was enough for me. <laughs> he I said, ha- I've had my fun. And for that reason, I'm out. I am now poor. <laughs> I don't I don't care how big my TV contract is, uh, how much my revenue share is from the MLB. <laughs> I had fun. Yeah. I'm done. But I think, I think that's going to be it for this week. Anything uh-huh. else you want to add, Jake, before we, before we sign off? I am going to hot take it. He's going to hot take it to end it off. Like there it. is a shortstop. Signed. I'm going to say it by that so we can come back next week. And if it's from another team, I'm still right. <laughs> There's going to be a shortstop A signed. shortstop gets signed in the next week. Hey, you heard it here first, guys. 37% chance it's a Reds <laughs> signing. 
And that's going to do it for this one, guys. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure to leave us a rating on wherever you listen to our podcast. We'd love to hear some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and just keep up with us. So, who day? Go Reds.